Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last Sisyphus podcast. My name is Colin Jones, and today I'd like to talk about social media and the internet. I want to briefly discuss something that has probably affected everyone listening to this podcast in one way or another. What I'm referring to, of course, is social media, or perhaps any sort of devoted existence online. I would be quite surprised, in a good way actually, if you happen to be among those special individuals who have managed to avoid this ever-growing part of modern life. I refer to the internet, along with all of its iterations, as the bug light, for reasons that will shortly become apparent. I decided to make this episode because I have fundamentally changed the way I engage with the digital world. While there are people whose entire life is devoted to the bug light, I submit that these individuals are suffering from something much more dangerous and perhaps malignant than the simple frustration that frequently comes with not getting X amount of likes or shares on their latest social media post. And I do not exempt myself from this reality. I have been a devoted congregant of the bug light for 12 years. That is why I'm quitting social media. Well, mostly. I made the decision almost two weeks ago, when I deactivated my Twitter account. And while some people will insist that it is now called X, it will always be Twitter to me. And this may not seem like a breathtaking move on my part, but it's important to understand that Twitter was my digital snorkel into the world of online activity for 12 years. I created my account the summer after my high school graduation. The platform was more or less still in its infancy at that time and I thought I was doing something novel by joining. It was my virtual lifeline. I did not grow up with my own laptop or desktop computer. I did not get a cell phone until my junior year of high school, and I didn't get a smartphone until I went to college. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was quite familiar with the world before all this technology took over our lives. I remember brick-and-mortar blockbuster movie stores. I remember roller rinks and skate parks. I remember when movie theaters and malls, yes, actual malls, were the place to be on the weekends. And yeah, some of this stuff still exists in some way or another, but it seems to take on a paler hue now that social media is the new town square. But after 12 years of being a devoted member of the Church of the Bug Light, I have decided to walk out of its doors, for the most part. I have completely quit Twitter. I have a 15-minute timer set on my Instagram account. I have not completely nuked my Instagram account because I've made authentic connections there. And it's likely that you're hearing this episode because I shared part of it on Instagram. But I don't endlessly scroll like I used to. I don't comment on everything I see. I don't make posts in the hopes of raking in however many likes so as to give myself the impression that I'm somehow relevant to those I've never met. I don't want to play that game anymore. I won't play that game anymore. There are several reasons why I decided to make the move. Some of these decisions you can probably identify with. And then perhaps there are some that are unique to my situation. And that's what I want to talk about for a little while, in the hopes that it may give you some encouragement to rethink the way you engage with the bug light. One of the primary reasons I decided to fly away from the bug light is because it just chewed up too much of my time. There are many strange elements to the online world, and one of them is the way it mysteriously warps our sense of time. As someone who prides himself on reading a substantial amount, I have always felt that reading 10 pages of a book can feel like an eternity. Reading so much of the time feels like actual work. In other words, it takes honest effort, especially if you are interested in philosophy and other complex subjects. 
But this is not the case with scrolling through social media. In the time it takes to read 10 pages of Kant's The Critique of Pure Reason, I could have scrolled through 200 reels on Instagram. And when I finally realized this, I carried out a cost-benefit analysis of which one was really worth my time. Would I get more out of Kant's thought than random people's short videos posted online? Well, yeah, obviously. I don't think there is anything inherently wrong with scrolling through harmless reels on Instagram. If you need to just shut your brain off for a second, reels can be a good way to do that. But unfortunately, social media is not limited to cute cat videos and blooper clips. Social media has a way of bringing out the absolute worst in people. And I don't mean mere frustration and anger, though there is plenty of that to go around. What I mean is that there are many people on social media who say and do things that they would never, ever think to do or say in real life. Our online persona is a kind of cosplay, a bizarre kind of LARPing. We turn into different people when we are online. And for better or worse, this is the natural result of being anonymous. And when we don't have to take direct accountability for what we say and do, we can more or less blurt out whatever we could possibly imagine, no matter how harmful or destructive it is. I've done my fair share of that. And this is why I've referred to the internet as the bug light. What I mean by bug light is that bugs, the ugly little critters in all their shapes and sizes, are a lot of the time drawn to big shiny things, such as a light bulb. The internet and social media is the bug light that has attracted the ugliest parts of us, and it doesn't seem that there is any sign it is going to slow down. Social media is also addicting. There is an element to the bug light that has conditioned us to always be on the lookout for the next viral thing. In the past, I would find myself unconsciously reaching over to where my phone would be on my desk and tapping the screen, checking for notifications. Only about half the time, my phone was not there. It has happened on more than one occasion that I tapped the Roku remote or my computer mouse, unconsciously assuming it was my phone. The key here, though, is that it was unconscious. I was not aware of what I was doing. I don't know about you, but for me, that's terrifying. Another reason I decided to flee the bug light is because I found myself neglecting important responsibilities and obligations in favor of the big scroll. As someone who prides himself on writing fiction, I have not made any progress on my fiction writing in over two months. Before this two-month drought, I had essentially written every day for the past ten years. Writing has taken up the majority of my adult life. Writing is the thing I've wanted more than anything. I spent three years getting an MFA in creative writing to improve my skills. I could have just dove into the professional world, but I refused to do anything other than write. And luckily, I've managed to make a living writing. But my fiction writing has substantially suffered because of the bug light. To my credit, I do have my second novel set to be released in late December, and I've been working on that, but it's only editing. I miss writing, actual writing. I miss the worlds I've created for myself through the stories I've written. And it's only now that I find myself being invited back to begin working on them again. And again, the primary suspect involved in my inability to write good fiction has been the bug light. In fact, it is basically the only suspect. Another reason I stepped away from the bug light is that it played a major role in heightening the amount of depression and anxiety in my life. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was 16 years old, and it has been a persistent guest at my psychological table for many, many years. When I was 15 years old, I attempted to kill myself, and suicidal ideation has cropped up here and there many times since then. Sprinkle in anxiety and the occasional panic attack, 
and you have someone whose nervous system is not properly adjusted to continue engaging with the digital material shoved down our throats almost daily. As someone who is naturally introspective, reflective, and has a natural affinity for the philosophical, the bug light in all its trimmings has been the absolute worst antidote to an already fragile head. I am someone who intellectually has the ever-common ability to make a mountain out of a molehill, and the onslaught of multiple gigatons of information being dumped onto my social media feed has done approximately nothing to help. And I've told people in my personal life this thing before, but I don't believe the human brain is built to digest the sheer amount of information we are inundated with on a daily basis. Whether that includes phone calls, text messages, the constant stream of news, I just don't believe we are evolutionarily built to take all of that on. And there are people like myself whose job is almost entirely online, which makes this all the more difficult. Of course, our commitment to the bug light reached its apex during the COVID pandemic, where the only connection we felt we had with the world was social media. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that trend is going in the opposite direction. To be away from social media gives us the thought we are constantly missing out on something. David Foster Wallace once talked about this in relation to television, where he often found himself unable to watch any one thing because he was constantly afraid there was something more entertaining on another channel. For Wallace, this created a kind of paralysis by analysis. As a result, Wallace refused to have a television in his home for years. He knew the potential damage it could cause. There is something to admire about that. And while my addiction is not television, it has certainly applied to my experience with social media. So why now? Why did I decide to finally cut off social media now, even though I knew how big of a detriment it was for me for so long? Well, the answer is Sam Harris. Harris, for me, was a pivotal philosophical thinker in my teenage years, along with Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins. Granted, I haven't really read any of these thinkers in several years. A slight digression I remember reading Dawkins's The God Delusion during church service over a period of weeks in my late teens, and I always found the dark irony of that reality somewhat comical. It was certainly the start of a conversion, but perhaps not the one my grandparents' Pentecostal church was hoping for. Anyway, back to Harris. In one of his podcast episodes, one of his recent podcast episodes, I forget which specifically, but he discussed how he nuked his Twitter account. While there's debate over why he left... I couldn't care less about the politics surrounding his departure. The fact is that he discussed how harmful social media had been in his life. And this is a neuroscientist, someone who is professionally equipped to talk about and study and research how the brain functions. After listening to that three-hour podcast episode, I decided it was time for me to take action. So I did. And overall, it's been great. As a result, my life has taken a sharp upswing. I have managed to get two podcast episodes recorded since then. I've managed to enjoy my work a little more. I'm excited about getting back to writing. And perhaps more important than all of those things, I've started to explore my philosophical and spiritual interests a bit more. Over the summer, I had delved into Taoism and was having a good time with it. I was having a really good time with it. There was something about it that felt authentic and legitimate to me, as both a philosophy and spiritual worldview. It seemed to offer something more substantial than the majority of Western thought. I have stepped back into that world now since getting rid of social media, and I'm now exploring the peculiar elements of the I Ching, the Tao Te Ching, and the writings of Zhuangzi. I have also discovered the value of meditation, which I have tried to implement into my daily routine. There's much more to say about this, but perhaps that's for another episode. This brings up another interesting point about the bug light. 
especially as it pertains to those of us who live in the West. The smartphone, social media, and our general online existence used to be a way of keeping in touch with those we cared about. When I graduated high school, Facebook was used to keep in touch with those who dashed off to other universities and colleges around the country. It was not long after that social media was only used that way by so-called boomers. Smartphones and social media don't seem to be used for that anymore. And then I think about some of the people in Israel, in Gaza, and those in Ukraine and Russia who literally have no way of getting in touch with those they love, whether that's friends or family. I think about those in Mozambique, Africa, where I lived for three months after high school, who don't even know what a smartphone is. I still think about aboriginal groups who still engage with their local community without the use of memes and gifts. They are literally living life, the life that is right in front of them. But how many of us in the West are thinking in these terms? How many of us are taking a look at the world as a whole and suddenly realizing that the bug light is, in a general sense, not essential to live a meaningful life? How many of us are considering that the bug light, the big upside to living in the Western world, is actually a large contributor to our overall unhappiness? I guess what I'm trying to say is that my life is looking a lot better after fleeing the bug light. In a world where information is readily available to anyone with a computer or smartphone, I have become convinced by the day that ignorance is way more than bliss. It's a virtue. Ignorance, the unawareness of absolutely everything that is going on around us at every second of every day, may very well be what we as a species need in order to live fulfilled lives. This episode goes out to the many men, women, and children of Mozambique I talked to and stayed with over a period of months who, despite their lack of high-tech gadgets and gizmos, still manage to smile at life and to live life. Be well, friends.